You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I'm. Uh, um, we were talking a little Game of Thrones beforehand, and now I'm hyped <laughs> for Game of Thrones. But, uh, but uh, I'm certainly always hyped to talk about Cowboys football. Yeah, so in full disclosure, I'm just starting to go through Game of Thrones right now. I've, I've gotten through the first four seasons in the uh, the last couple of weeks. I mean, this is this is how slow football season is right now that I'm I'm sitting down and watching TV shows. But uh, <laughs> nevertheless, let's go ahead and get to your Twitter questions. You guys sent us in a bunch of really really great questions. Uh, I want to start off with a question from Stephen. He wants to know. What would make the Cowboys go off the charts dominant on offense or defense? And I'm assuming this means, you know, either personnel or something that they can do differently to make them go from a great defense to an elite level defense. What do you think could change either way? Well, I mean, I think you know, a little more talent injection would probably do it. I mean, I think uh, a blue chip player on the defensive line or in the in you know, safety, I think, would probably you know put this team over the top in that category and both I think would obviously do the trick as well. Um, I think that that's really, I mean, right now they're kind of teetering on the edge of, they're very good to being one of the best in the league. Uh, They're still very young. I I I think you make a case that they're top, what, six defense probably? Easy. Yeah, I would say so for sure. Um, But I think that for sure they, they would need a little bit more, playmaking talent injected on either the first or third level of this defense. Yeah, what I would say is it's not even necessarily a a personnel thing. They just need to get takeaways. Uh, that's really what separates the great defenses from the very good defense. So we saw last year, uh, in terms of like yards per game and yards per play, there wasn't a big difference between the, the Bears defense and the Cowboys defense. The the difference was that the Chicago had 36 takeaways yeah. and Dallas had 20. If, if you're getting up into that middle 30 range, I mean, that you're you're suddenly becoming, you know, a defense that can win 10, 11 games almost by themselves. So for me, it's takeaways. And to your point, I think, you know, maybe grabbing a, a ball hawking safety could do that, right? Sure. I, th- I think that, you know, Getting we we obviously the guy that, that have on our minds is an Earl Thomas type, but I think that really it doesn't even necessarily need to be that. I think that that is the obvious yes, that would be an obvious answer. But I also think that you could get that kind of uh, you know push over the top with a an elite down in the box guy as well. I, I just think mm-hmm. that you know. A physical player down in the box could also make uh, make a, a huge difference in fumbles and interceptions if they can, you know, if they're good on covering tight ends. I just think that, and again, I also think that having a guy, uh, uh, you know, another interior defensive pass rusher, um, 
or or just another blue chipper on that line can also increase the uh, opportunity for for turnovers, whether it be on the back end through passes that are being thrown too quickly because of p- pressure or tip passes or whatever. Uh, I just think that you know the the more playmakers, the more players that you have that can play on the on the field. Uh, the more opportunity to create turnovers there will be, and, and obviously, I think the better your chances are of converting those opportunities into into turnovers. Wouldn't it be nice if the Cowboys could find like a six foot seven, three hundred pound defensive lineman that could move all over the the formation and make plays? I mean, it seems like it's been a while since we've had that type of guy, right? <sighs> well, I mean, if you're talking or, about <laughs> someone in particular, the yeah, it would have been nice to have him throughout the season, and I think you know they clearly had visions of what this defensive line would look like with him around uh, you know maybe there's a guy like that in the draft coming up that, that uh, uh, might be interested you in, so. might have to turn, tune into the show tomorrow maybe. because we're going to be talking about defensive linemen tomorrow yeah. and I think I know who you're talking about yeah, so I'm excited to, to do that so. so. alright our next question comes from Greg and I really like this question uh, what would be a more impactful upgrade kind of talking about the safeties an elite level safety like Earl Thomas or Landon Collins or a veteran receiver or tight end like Golden Tate or Jared Cook? You know, before I answer, I'd actually like to hear your response on this first. Because I feel like you... I know how I feel about the defensive line stuff, but I'm not exactly sure how I feel about someone like... I don't like Golden Tate, <laughs> so you've made that very yeah, well. I, known, I think I've made that very clear. Tate. But you know, I'm, I'm also not opposed to making our team better. Obviously, so what? Do, what's your thought on how viable some of these free agent wide receivers are, and, and how they would fit in? Well, let's first start with tight end. Jerry Cook is the name that people are going to yeah. use a lot this off season. Uh, I love Jerry Cook. I think he's he's finally kind of reached his ceiling. Um, but I just, I'm not sure that a tight end in this offense is going to be that valuable. I mean, it, as much as I like Jared Cook, is he going to be that much better than Blake Jarwin and Dalton Schultz? I'm not sure. Where I do think they can get better is at receiver. Obviously, you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. We're not sure about Cole Beasley. But my kind of belief on this Cowboys team going forward is they've got to improve the passing game in order to compete with you know the Rams and the Saints and the Patriots. So if it's up to me, I'm trying to give as many resources to the wide receiver position this offseason. Golden Tate's obviously a guy that not a lot of people in Dallas like, and I get. But getting a guy like John Brown makes some sense to me. If you have to pay him 6 or $7 million for one season, I think that's a, a guy that can certainly be a, a wide receiver too. And if, maybe if Michael Gallup develops, maybe even a wide receiver three. So I'm certainly not opposed to spending free agent money trying to upgrade that wide receiver position this offseason. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's got to be the right kind of money spent on the right kind of player. I mean, it's not even just that I don't Probably lo- a one- or two-year deal, too, right? Yeah. No, nothing long-term. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. Like I, I, I like the idea of a guy like Philly Brown, that someone who can get behind defenses and make plays. I mean, specifically like a playmaker speed type guy uh, I, i'm on board with that kind of like you know unique trait player that could add something to the passing game um uh, w- what i don't necessarily want is to sign another 
you know, wide receiver two for signing a wide receiver two's sake. You know, I just feel like you've got Gallup, um, you, you know, you've got Wilson is coming back. Uh, we'll see sure. exactly what ha- happens with Hearns and all this stuff. I mean, I, I think that if you're going to go out and get a guy like that, t- a tight end actually has some, uh, you know, has some appeal to me. Uh, I, I definitely, you know, see to your opinion on, on, on you know tight ends, especially tight ends that play for the Raiders, uh, you know, and so right. I, 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 <laughs> I, you know, Derek Cook may not be that guy, but I would imagine that tight end could be a spot where you could, if you could find the right guy, uh, could be a, a spot where you could get some improvement. You know, I, I think the can other I, part. Can I give you another name? Can I give you another name that maybe makes some sense? Yeah, please. What if you what if, what if you want to take a, a, a home run swing, right? You, you don't want to tie up a lot of money, but you want to find a guy who can be a tight end one who can stretch the field. Would a guy like Tyler Eifert, if he comes on a low contract with maybe a lot of incentives, would that be something that interests you? See, that's something that might interest me just because uh, the. You know the thing about it is that it's a high risk, high reward situation. Eifert's obviously incredible athlete, incredible skill set. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a top ten pick, right? Wasn't he like an eighth overall pick or something like that? Yeah, he was I mean, pretty. He was pretty high. Top I mean, fifteen was for like sure. Like, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely remember you know him being drafted. I remember coming out of college, and clearly the issue with this guy, his whole career has been injuries. He's just never been able to stay healthy for a significant amount of time. The The reason the Cowboys may end up being a, I guess, attractive option here is because they, you know, despite what, what you know, the, the general consensus thought process here is, you know, the Cowboys suddenly look around and they've got a couple different guys that they think are pretty decent at, at roles. And I, and I think that they have to uh-huh. feel pretty good about – you know Schultz and about his future as a kind of overall tight end. If you're going to add a guy to this group, I would think you would want to add a guy who would be a dynamic game changer type, and and that would have to be someone like Eifert. Now the 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 thing is is that yeah, it'd have to be a, the right kind of money situation. But I think that you have contingency in place. If something were to happen to Eifert, okay, well, then we've got Jarwin and Schultz, and then, you know, maybe there's another fourth tight end. Maybe it's Rico, maybe it's somebody else. Uh, and I, you know, I think that that is something that, you know, could potentially be a, uh, you know, uh, for, for some teams, a risk not worth taking. But for the Cowboys, if they can get the money right, it might be mm-hmm. a risk worth taking because, you know, you, hey, you get the chance to come out here and prove it with a new team. Uh, maybe you can get healthy. And if and if you get hurt, you know, we still got Jarwin and, Schul- and Schultz, who we, you know, made it through with the, most of the last season, and they'll be a year better, both of them improving, I'm sure, taking a pretty significant step. I mean, the only thing, honestly, that would keep me hesitate, make me hesitate to do that is – just how much of a step are you expecting from Schultz and Jarwin? Do we even need to make this, you know, kind of move, uh, or, or or is Jarwin about to take a nice big step? Is Schultz about to take a nice big step? And and tight end suddenly maybe doesn't look like as much of a, a spot where you need to improve as much. Yes, yeah, so to me, I don't think it's that high risk. I, I think let's look at it like this: last year, I first signed right, one not, year. Well, and that's what I'm going to tell you right now. Last year, yeah. Eifert signed a one-year, $3 million deal with Cincinnati. I mean, $3 million. And I, he played fewer games this year than he did the previous year. I can't imagine him getting any more money than that. 
I'm willing to take a $3 million shot on getting one of the top 10 tight ends in the league. And again, if it doesn't work out, you have the same exact tight end you know, core that you had in the playoffs last year. So to me, this, this makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, there's even a scenario where... You get him at $3 million a year, and you just make him a part-time player. You Actually, know, I was just, I was just going to say that. I was like, how would you feel about paying that money? Because I think that is really the best solution for all parties, is that you give him a nice big contract because you know that he's he's got skill set that's worth it, right? But And the other side of it is that in order to not expose him as much or, or potentially you know get him injured is that, yeah, you make him part of the rotation. I mean, clearly he has some deference because he's got skins on the wall that the other two guys don't have. But at the same time, the other two guys are young guys who are ascending. So you don't really want to give up a ton of snaps to those guys either, right? So it, that's right. the thing is that you, they showed us that with Jarwin, you know, he improved a lot when he got snaps. Like it took him getting snaps, I think, to improve. So there is something there where you don't you want to be careful to not, you know, limit that guy. Like not, you know, be a what's the word a progress stopper for Jarwin. Uh, so I think if you, you're, you're right, if all those, if they can fit all those holes where you know it's a, a a deal that they're willing to sign, he's willing to take the role, except the role that they're talking about giving him. Uh, it, yeah, that could actually be a pretty great fit. And the reason I mentioned him, his name, just just to put this out, that I have heard the Cowboys are somewhat interested in Eifer. So just something to keep an eye on going forward. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will come back, and we'll answer some more of your Twitter questions. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually, it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is, I don't always know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win, and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game, live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, Landon, this question comes from John. Besides signing Demarcus Lawrence, which we both think will happen... Uh, who else do you expect to get a contract extension this offseason? Clearly not Jason Garrett, right? <laughs> uh, well, I mean... Well, I'm happy about that. He, he, that he by may. The way. That's a good thing. Yeah, I know you are. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess you know Beasley would be the guy that, that comes up next that's like, you know, the question next. I don't know if he's the most next most likely guy to get re-signed. Um, I think Swaim, you know, has there's a chance that you know they may decide that they want to end up re-signing Swaim. I wouldn't be surprised if he came in in a low deal. Uh, um, if it comes down to it, Swaim or Eifert on the same contract, assuming they want the same amount of money. 
I would rather swing for the fences here. I, I understand. I really yeah, would. I mean, I think it's difficult because, I, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's probably fifty-fifty. You know, experience plus swing for. The, I, I think it's a it's a difficult thing. I probably would go for Eifert just, but I would not be su- surprised or upset if they resign Swain because I think he, he even Swain feels like he's on the up and up. Well, he's he's kind of playing better and better as he's as he was getting more and more snaps. So, uh, All right, let's do this. Let, let's do this. I'm going to run down their three agents. You just give me a quick yes or no if they're coming back okay, next yeah, season. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence. Yes. Tavon Austin. I would say yes. I would agree. Cole Beasley. I'm going to say no. I kind of lean no as well. Uh, David Irving. No. Cameron Fleming. Hmm. That's the one I'm I'm arguing with myself the most. Uh, I'm gonna say yes. I would I would like to see them bring Fleming back. I thought he's he not was, great, but th- he he can I be okay. Th- he was fine. Yeah, I mean I think yeah. that's really that's nowadays all we, want. we want fine. Nowadays fine is great. Like if I right. could take it. So uh, Olawali. No. I I, I like Olawali, but. They probably need to find a younger, better option. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Martin didn't play this year, but I kind of expect them to bring him back as well. I do too. Think? Yes. Uh, Karan Reed. Definitely. Dayton Jones. Yes. Damian Wilson. No. I agree. Uh, Rod Smith. That's a toss-up. Like I really uh, can't decide. Because I would I, like to see them break Rod Smith just for special teams reasons. Yeah, maybe another attempt of trying to move him to fullback. I don't know. I wouldn't hate that. Wouldn't hate it. Yeah. Uh, Justin March Lillard. No. That well, yeah, uh, yeah, prob- probably. But I mean, I mean, I don't know that he's guaranteed to make the the fifty three no, roster. He's one of those ones that you probably sign after the draft, right? Yeah. If nobody yeah, signs him yeah, early yeah, on, you bring yeah. him back after. You know the draft. that he's out there. Uh, yeah. And then the last one, Jeff Swaim. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I, it's tough. It's depending on what they what they're looking to do at the position. I, I would say no, just because I think it's more likely they go and get a free agent guy or a draft or someone. So I would say no. Okay, uh, we will go with one more question. Uh, this one is from Ken. The Cowboys typically sign their own and don't splash in free agency. They also don't normally trade a first round pick mid season. Last year of Dak's rookie contract, is this the year they make a splash in free agency? Uh, you know, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, you know, it's easy to kind of look at what Los Angeles did and, you know, and, and, and say, well, you know, they loaded up on all these guys that spent all this money and they went all in. Um and I think that there's some there's some there's an argument to that, um, you know. Dak's still on his rookie contract. This is his last year. There's they have some money that's coming rolling into there. I think they carried over almost twelve million dollars from this season to next season to add to their cap. You know, they got to spend a lot of money on on the guys they've got. I mean, a lot of the free agent spending that we're talking about is probably going to go to the, our own guys, right? But right, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had. Maybe two if they signed two guys who were you know maybe larger than normal free agent targets this season, 
uh, because well, of this, this. This kind of ties into but this question from Adam says, "Who will be the surprising guy we find out that the Cowboys went after in free agency, like Sammy Watkins last year?" For me, it wouldn't be that shocking to see them go after a defensive tackle, right? If, if like Gerald McCoy hits free agency, would it be that surprising to see the Cowboys sniff around there, or even someone like Sheldon Richardson? Yeah, I mean, I think that is. You know, it's tough because the, the the it looks like the free agent market is solid for defensive tackle, uh, and but also the draft is as well. Yeah. And, and and the but the other part of the problem is that this is not a team that notoriously pays a lot of money for defensive tackles or uh, pays a lot of high draft picks. So we have seen them spend some money though. Remember when they went out and got like a Henry Melton? I, I mean, Melton wasn't a, a great player, but that was at least somebody who we thought, you know, could be the answer there. And I think they paid him eight million dollars a season. Yeah, I mean, so they—it's not like they've completely ignored. Uh, uh, how that spot. old was Melton though? He was like twenty-six like tw- or twenty-seven, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he was around that age. Yeah, I mean, w- McCoy's go is going to be thirty, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think Sheldon Richardson's about the same age. Yeah, so I, I, I think that's where I have issues is that. It's wow! Like you're really testing this theory by, okay, twenty nine year old free agent who you think you have an idea of what, of what they are uh, versus all the potential of whatever you could get at fifty eight. You know, and so I, I, I think it's a difficult calculus for them to do. I, I again, I, I have to see what the the money would look like for for uh, you know for someone like. Richardson or, or you know or you know, McCoy I mean I think McCoy is interesting because I if I'm not mistaken he's definitely from Texas he could be from Dallas if I'm not mistaken I think he yeah. is yep. and so he may want to come home I know I know that he was a Cowboys fan I remember hearing that um and because he went to school at OU which a lot of people from Dallas do um so I, I yeah I think that I think that the, you know, depending on what the money is, I wouldn't be surprised if if they went after McCoy. But I I, I also know that I, I I mean, do you expect McCoy to go out and get big money? I, I guess that's my question. Is 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 no? But see, I I, I kind of think he's going to get kind of the same thing that Henry Melton got, right? Probably a one year prove it deal to show that he can still be an effective player in the NFL. And that's why I'm interested, right? Well, I think, the, yeah, okay. So the, I think you could get him at a one year deal. Uh, okay, so that, so the, I guess that's where the issue is, is that. The question was kind of like a big splash in free agency. Well, I'm not sure there's any big splash guys out there except for what? Maybe Earl Thomas. That's probably the biggest guy. Yeah, and so I, I guess that's the that's my thing is that I don't know. I, I, this all seems like pretty normal operational free agency to me. This isn't like you know what I'm saying. Like this isn't out of the norm. Like them signing what, a, would, them uh, signing a guy like 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 that is not is not a splash even for them. What about like a guy like Grady Jarrett? Would that can be considered a splash? Yeah, I mean, just because I feel like what's Grady Jarrett gonna ask for? I mean, he he. Well, maybe not because how many sacks does he? He doesn't even have a ton of career sacks, does he? Like, no, I thought it was like thirteen career sacks or something and, like that. Yeah, four years, three years. Like that's that's not you know, that's not big money defensive tackle numbers. You know, fourteen so, career sacks. Yep, yeah, in four seasons. Yeah, so. I, you know, I, I guess the, the thing is, is that there isn't even 
there isn't even a bunch of big splash players out there to get. I guess right. Is the like, point. I, I guess a big splash would be considered like going out and getting a Demarcus Lawrence caliber player. Yeah. But the, those guys just don't. They're not going to hit free agency, right? Yeah. We know that those type of players, Jadavion Clowney, yeah. he's not hitting free agency. Well, you know, we are we are so, going to go out and sign a Demarcus Lawrence type player. It's just going to be Demarcus Lawrence. So right, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> and that's kind of how you have to uh, think about free agency for the Cowboys. Yeah. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time.